0: In the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God these are the stories of the Word becoming flesh of God entering into our world the stories of the men and the women who beheld the birth of a fragile human life born into a world of injustice oppression corruption, violence, and confusion, but the birth of a king who would cause shepherds, family, followers, and kings alike to confess. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind.
1: Good morning, Grace Commons. My name is Daniel, and I'm one of the pastors here. Uh, So thankful that you were joining with us this morning in worship as we set apart this time of the year, every year, uh, to remember what it means that the Messiah came. We worship a God who is alive and active in our world today. And in these weeks, we want to consecrate and set apart time in our hearts, on our calendar, uh, to remember his coming. And to think about how his coming, all those years ago, impacts our life today. I want to begin by just saying a huge welcome back to Eric and Amy. We are so glad you're here with us. Uh, On behalf of the staff, it is good to have you back. So so welcome back. Looking forward to hearing from uh, Eric next Sunday uh, when he'll be back in the pulpit. So for one more week, you're stuck with me. All right, so so here we go. I know many of you have been uh, going along with us at home, and you have your own Advent wreaths. So if you have one this morning that you want to light, I invite you to make sure you grab that now. And and today we come to the candle of joy. How many of you love putting up your Christmas decorations? I know for some of us, split my my family could not wait to get their decorations out this year. Uh, for me, I have a pretty firm rule that we should not uh, put Christmas decorations up until after Thanksgiving. But I was way outnumbered this year, and our Christmas decorations went up uh, weeks before Thanksgiving. And I think here's why: decorating brings us joy. Decorating is one of the ways that we attempt to bring a little more light uh, into the darkness, and that that felt especially true uh, this Advent season, this Christmas season. Uh, There was a great eagerness to decorate, and and I love decorating the tree with my family, putting out all our decorations, and just watching the joy it brings uh, to both my wife and my children. You know, the prophet Isaiah uh, told us this in chapter 61, that God would bestow upon us a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. So wherever we find ourselves this Advent season, whatever circumstances life has thrown at us, we remind ourselves today of the joy that is ours Because the Messiah came. And when he came, he brought his light, his love, his gladness, and his joy. And as Bob Goff said, where love is a habit, joy is a reflex. So today we remind ourselves of the joy that is ours in Christ. Let's light our candles together. Let's light our candles together. We might need a backup lighter. (laughs) Oh, we got it. Here comes the joy. Are you ready? It was all that anticipation that built up for this moment of joy. You guys feeling that? All right. Well, Lord, we do thank you so much for your joy. We thank you for lighters that work. We thank you for being with us in this moment. And we pray, Lord, even this symbolic act of lighting the candle would light something in our hearts today. Would you breathe afresh your joy into our hearts? Amen. Amen. I wonder how many of you uh, who are worshiping with us uh, today could... Recall the moments, perhaps, when you first found out you were pregnant. I remember the joy of finding out my wife was pregnant, and I've shared that story with us before, Uh, but each time my wife came and just shared the news that she was with child, just the joy that I felt in my heart was absolutely overwhelming. And you know, both of the times that we found out she was pregnant, I had a pretty high degree of confidence that the baby was mine, and I think that's a good thing. Although I will tell you this, one of our kids, I don't want to throw either of them under the bus, but one of them did not eat meat for about two years. I'd give a, a scoop of food and uh, they would chew and you know eat the vegetables and the rice and whatever else with it and spit out the meat. And I started to wonder, really, is this kid my kid? Because we are, we are meat eaters. That's what we Susan Box do. Um, and so, but I know that they were mine. But not so with Joseph, right? I mean, I had the blessing of knowing that my wife is with child and the baby is mine. And as Carl shared with us last week, Joseph uh, didn't have that luxury. You see, when he found out Mary was pregnant, he was not involved uh, at all in the equation of, of what happened. But God was doing something miraculous, And last week, uh, Carl shared with us uh, just how uh, the angel came and and, and spoke to Joseph and and what a difference that made uh, for him. And uh, Carl did a great job painting some vignettes uh, from the life of Joseph that we could apply to our life today. So if you missed that message, I encourage you to go back and check it out. But today we're going to turn our attention to Mary And we're going to be in the Gospel of Luke, and we're going to look at what happens when Mary finds out that she is going to be carrying the Messiah in her womb. Mary is going to teach us uh, so much today. In fact, I believe Mary is a really great shining example of what a disciple should look like. Her faith overcomes her fear as she submits to God's plan. And because she was willing to follow, uh, we see the Messiah being born miraculously. Mary teaches us that God honors humble, simple trust. And that's what we're going to look at today. So again, in Luke chapter 1, we're going to read verses 26 to 38 together this morning. Here we go. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin who was pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And the angel went to her and said, greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. And she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. What a rich passage! I love Mary's response. And I feel like there are several things that we can glean from our passage today and apply to our life as we learn from this vignette of Mary this Sunday morning. And so this morning I'm simply going to give you five uh, takeaways uh, from this passage. Five things that we can learn uh, from this episode where the angel comes to Mary and foretells of the birth of our Messiah. And the first one hit me. It was a little bit strange. I, I want to write in verse 28 when the angel comes to Mary, uh, the angel says, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. And that brings me to the first thing that I actually had never thought about before. And it's a little bit a matter of interpretation. But as I was studying this text uh, this week, this is what I felt uh, that God was showing me uh, as I was looking at this verse. That his presence conveys favor. His presence conveys favor. You see, the presence of God in our life is how we know that we too are highly favored of the Lord. I feel like so often when we hear this phrase, the favor of God, uh, we relegate it to the realm of what some have called the prosperity gospel. And we think, well, that's just you know uh, people who have this wrong interpretation on Scripture and, and they say the favor of God is when you get to the mall and it's busy and you get the first parking space, right? That's not the favor of God, that's just luck. But the favor of God is absolutely different. I think the favor of God simply means it's his divine power that enables us to do things that are humanly impossible. You see, God's favor brings with it the ability for things in our life to happen where there's no possible human explanation, such as a virgin Mary giving birth to the Messiah. You see, whenever we look at God and and we want to make excuses for why we can't do what he's asking us to do, you see, what the angel was asking Mary to do was no small thing. And that day, in that society, to not be married and to be with child would bring an incredible amount of scorn and shame. And, And there was this moment where the angel was simply asking her to trust in God's plan. You see, any time we want to offer an excuse to God about why we can't do what he's asking us to do, the only response we get from him is the only response we need. And that is the promise of his presence. You see, he promises to be with us, Emmanuel God with us no matter what it is we're facing in our life when we rattle off our list of excuses to God about why we can't do this or why we can't do that he simply would say to us nevertheless I am with you I will be with you and my favor comes with my presence So for those of us who have made the decision, who have experienced the grace of God and responded to it in our hearts, those of us who carry the Holy Spirit, whom we received at the moment of salvation, here's what you need to know. You are highly favored by the Lord because you carry his presence with you. When the Holy Spirit is in your life, the favor of God is in your life. And that means that no matter what you might be facing this morning, if you can't bypass it, the favor of God will carry you through it. And when I say his favor, I mean his mercy, his grace, his compassion, his kindness, his love. All of this is encompassed in his favor. And his favor is with you because his spirit is in you. You are highly Favored. So as you look at the situation in front of you, and it feels overwhelming or daunting, here's what the favor of God communicates to us. Here's what the favor of God communicated to Mary. You don't need to be afraid. In fact, right after the angel's pronouncement, uh, he said to Mary, uh, don't be afraid. In verse 29, we read that Mary was greatly troubled, Another verse says that she was exceedingly perplexed and confused. What did this message mean? She didn't understand it. But the angel of the Lord was quick to say to her, Be not afraid. And that brings us to our second takeaway, and that is that faith conquers fear. You see, Mary was afraid, but she didn't need to be in that moment. She was greatly troubled, but the angel of the Lord came to reassure her that what she was facing was manageable because, again, of the Lord's presence with her. I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what trouble is brewing in your life. But what I do know is that some of you who are listening to us right now in this moment on the live stream, some of you who are watching later, uh, the recorded version, you too find yourselves today greatly troubled and afraid. And my prayer for you as I was driving in this morning is simply this that you would hear the voice of your God whispering to your heart, be not afraid. This is one of the most repeated commands in the whole New Testament. You see, when fear grips our heart, only faith can release its grip. The author of Hebrews said this in Hebrews 11.1, 1, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for, assurance in what we can't see. And so we have to make a decision. Are we going to live our lives in fear or in faith? Because you can, you can be afraid, or you can live in faith, but you cannot do both at the same time. And Mary shows us that it's possible to allow our faith to conquer our fear. And I feel like some of us this morning simply need to hear that message from the Lord. You don't have to be afraid, because God is with you, and his presence conveys and brings his favor. And his favor... His strength, grace, and mercy will carry you through whatever you are facing. And that brings us to our third point this morning. And that is simply this, that trust transcends understanding. Trust is greater than understanding when it comes to faith. You see, when the angel comes and and rolls out his plan for Mary that she's going to give birth to a son who will be the Messiah, Mary asks a question that we've all asked at some point in our faith journey. How will this be? God, how is this going to work? What are you going to do? How could this possibly be? Because I'm a virgin, I don't understand how this is going to happen. But it's important that we remember this morning. That understanding what God is doing is not a prerequisite for trusting who God is. You see, we don't have to understand. Understanding is not a requirement for our faith journey, but faith and and trust is. You see, in those moments, in fact, where we don't understand what God is doing or how this will be or how God's going to work it out or how he's going to work all things together for the good of those who love him, when we don't have understanding, we have an opportunity to grow in trust. In fact, Bill Johnson once said, we don't get the peace that passes understanding until we give up our right to understand. And this is where some of us get stuck in our journey of faith. We get stuck when we don't understand, when that question, how can this be, gets lodged in our heart and mind and it's all we can focus on. Sometimes we get stuck. But Mary teaches us that we need to be patient and walk in trust even when things get weird. I mean, think about if you're reading this text, we know how the story plays out. We understand the virgin birth these thousands of years later, but Mary had no idea how all of this was going to play out. Imagine how weird, how bizarre, how mind-boggling this must have been for her. And she teaches us, hey, it's okay. Life's going to get weird sometimes, but when it does, you don't have to figure it out, but you need to trust in God. Some of us need to come to that place where we get beyond uh, our, the rut we're in where our understanding has failed us. And we need to simply come back to a place of simple, humble trust. That's what Mary is teaching us in this passage. The fourth thing I think we can glean is that God's power supersedes human limitation, right? God's power displaces our human limitations. Mary had a little issue with getting, uh, with caring child in that she said, I'm a virgin. How can this be? I'm a virgin. And that kind of is a problem, right? When you think about getting pregnant and and having a a child. But how many of you know what's a problem for us is not a problem for God? In fact, in Luke 18, 27, uh, we find that it says, what is impossible for man is absolutely possible with God. You see, I believe that we serve a God, we serve a Messiah who delights in doing the impossible. So, for some of us, we need to face our fears. We need to choose to walk in trust even when our understanding fails us. We need to recognize that when God's favor is in our life, the odds are irrelevant. Because the odds don't matter to God. Because his, his authority, his power supersedes your limitation. It supersedes my limitations. There is no limit to what God can do through someone who is submitted to him. See, Mary submitted her life to the will of the Lord. And God did the miraculous. If you and I want to experience the miraculous in our life this Advent season... If we want to see the miraculous power of God at work within us, then we need to understand that our human limitation is not an issue because God's power is greater. It supersedes every limitation that we have. So don't give up because you don't understand how this can be. Don't allow yourself to slip into a place of despair, but rather choose trust God even though I don't understand how I can't see what you're going to do I trust you if he can cause a virgin to carry the messiah of the world so that the son of God might come and be born and make his dwelling among us what can't he do in your life and the final lesson we glean from this this story this morning is that surrender Releases blessing. Mary was surrendered, and that enabled her to be part of what God was doing uh, in the world. The only way that we will walk in the fullness of God's blessings that he has in store for us is if we walk in a humble attitude of humility and surrender. You see, humility tells us that even when we don't understand what God is doing, we can trust who he is. And surrender says, not my will, but yours be done. Mary said, after this proclamation from the angel, uh, she simply said, I am your servant. May your word be fulfilled. She may have lacked understanding, but she moved in trust. She might have been afraid, but she allowed her faith to overcome her fear. And she recognized that she was highly favored because God's presence was with her. And because of that, she understood that her human limitations were replaced by God's authority and power. So let me ask you a question today. What are you holding on to? What are you holding back? What are you holding in that you need to surrender today? there's something holding you back if there's something you've been suppressing and holding in if there's something that's keeping you from being fully surrendered to God I invite you this morning to say a simple prayer and give it back to the Lord as we wrap up our message this morning I want to just highlight one more uh, passage from this text in verse 37, we see this promise after not only uh, the angel tells Mary that she is going to uh, have a child as a virgin, he also tells her about Elizabeth, her cousin, being pregnant in her old age. And then the angel says this, For no word from God will ever fail. No word from God will fail. So again, whatever it is you're facing in your life, I want to encourage you, don't shrink back. Cling to the promises of God. Press into all that he has for you, for his word will not fail. We learn that through this episode in the life of Mary. You see, what God has purposed in his heart, he will bring forth in your life. All that he asks of you and me is that we maintain a humble posture of obedient simple trust. God, we trust in you. And I believe the Lord just wants to remind us this morning, he knows exactly what you're going through. He understands the trials, the struggles, the obstacles, the temptation that you constantly battle. And he wants us to remember that he is present with us. And he wants us to remember that his presence brings his favor. Advent, this season, invites us to a place of quiet trust. As we remind ourselves that the Messiah showed up more than 2,000 years ago. And the Messiah still shows up in our lives today. So the message is really quite simple. Trust. In the Lord, even as Mary trusted in God when she found out about the task in front, of her, in front of her, so we too must must bow our hearts in faith and allow our faith to drive out our fear, leaning forward in trust, knowing that God's power supersedes, surpasses our limitation. In fact, I would say it this way. Your limitation is an invitation for God to do something extraordinary in your life. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you, God, for the life of Mary and what we can learn from from this little episode in her life of how she moved in in a posture of simple, humble trust. Though understanding failed her, she didn't allow fear to consume her. Lord, may we too walk in faith. May we too bow our hearts to you. May we too have the ability supernaturally through your favor to simply trust you when life gets weird. We invite you, Lord, to be with us We invite you, Lord, to do something extraordinary in our lives. We invite you, Lord, to do something extraordinary in our community. We invite you, Lord, to do something extraordinary in our world because we know that our human limitation is your invitation. So today we simply invite you. Would you come again into whatever it is we're facing, into the trial in front of us, And to the pain that we're carrying, would you come and do what only you can do? We thank you, Lord, for your presence today. Amen.